Good afternoon. It's Midday Magazine for Friday, December 29th. Happy New Year. My name is Shelby Herbert and I'm reporting for KFSK. A Washington man pled guilty this month to misrepresentation of Indian produced goods and products. The charge stems from his involvement in a larger conspiracy to sell fake Alaska Native art in Ketchikan. Jack Darrell has the story. Jesse Halili Virginio was charged with violating the Federal Indian Arts and Crafts Act by passing off stone carvings and wood totem poles as traditional art made by local Klingit and Haida artisans. They were actually made in the Philippines. The products were sold out of two storefronts in Ketchikan, Alaska Stone Art and Rail Creek. The stores were owned and operated by Cristobal Rodrigo and his family members. Virginio was an employee of the family stores and received commissions on the Philippine products they sold. His plea agreement lists his involvement beginning in 2019. Virginio portrayed himself as an Alaska native carver named Sonny. In May of 2019, Virginio received commission on a stone-carved bear with a fish in its mouth, which sold for almost $1,500. In July of that year, he sold a stone eagle for almost $6,500. Then, a month before his involvement with the scheme allegedly ended, he sold a Philippine-made humpback whale to an undercover law enforcement agent. The whale was signed with a false name, Kilit. Federal authorities say that Virginia would lie to customers that he learned to carve by watching his brother and his uncle Kilit, both Klingit master carvers. In a later conversation with a customer, he misrepresented his employer, Cristobal Rodrigo, as his non-existent uncle Kilit. Rodrigo was sentenced to two years in prison for his part in the crime in August of this year. It's currently the longest sentence ever given for an Indian Arts and Crafts Act violation in the United States. In a statement at the time, Alaska District Attorney S. Lane Tucker said that Rodrigo's monumental sentence was a testament to the Fed's dedication to protecting indigenous cultural heritage and that the family's actions were a cultural affront to Alaska Native artisans. In Ketchikan, I'm Jack Darrell. Police arrested a Juno man last Thursday after a standoff in downtown Juno that lasted about three hours and closed four city blocks. 65-year-old Kenneth Kitka faces nine felony charges related to weapons and illegal drugs, as well as one misdemeanor charge for violating his conditions of release. He appeared in court virtually last Friday. Joining via telephone, state prosecutor Kathleen Runnels said Kitka is a significant danger to the community as well as a flight risk. He didn't comply with officers' demands for approximately three hours. They had to uh, use irritants to get him out of the house. Police say the arrest follows a year-long investigation into the distribution of illegal drugs. The standoff began Thursday morning when officers tried to serve a search warrant for a home on North Franklin Street and its occupants. More than a dozen officers wearing tactical gear were accompanied by an armored truck. Police say two people left home early on in the search and have not been arrested or charged. But Kitka remained in the house and refused to leave. Police waited outside the home before they finally entered and walked Kitka outside. Charging documents show that police found over 4,000 suspected fentanyl pills, heroin, meth, cocaine, LSD, and $100,000 in cash during their search. They also found one pistol under a bed and two in his truck. Kitka has a preliminary hearing in February. He's being held at Lemon Creek Correctional Center, and his bail is set at $2,000. From fishing lawsuits to film crews, 
Petersburg had an an eventful 2023. And this year, KFSK has a brand new news team. Hannah Floor and I took a look back. 2023 started out with the good news that then 15-year-old Joseph Tagabon's cancer was in remission after two years in and out of treatment. And Rebecca Himshoot joined the Alaska legislature as the House representative for Petersburg and other District 2 communities. Himshoot is an independent and replaced Representative Jonathan Christ Tompkins, who held the position for 10 years as a Democrat. Also in January, Shelby Herbert headed north from Reno, Nevada to join KFSK's newsroom. In February, a six-year legal battle between the estate of the late Molly Parks and the Petersburg Borough ended in the Alaska Supreme Court. The final ruling dropped the Petersburg Borough from a wrongful death lawsuit over a 2016 van crash, which killed 18-year-old Molly Parks and 19-year-old Marie Giesbrecht. Later this year, the Parks family regathered their efforts to advocate for increased safety measures in the borough and changing Alaska workers' compensation laws in the state legislature. Then, in April, Petersburg's Ranger District had its biggest hiring push in recent memory. About 40 new positions opened up. And 13 Petersburg middle schoolers traveled to Juneau to compete in the Native Youth Olympics against teams from all over the state. Seventh grader Kaldor Ratliff is one of them. He got first place for the wrist carry, supporting his entire body weight with one wrist curled over a wooden stick. You would put your wrist on a piece of wood and with your other hand you'd hold your wrist and you'd basically hold yourself up um, in the air. Is that painful? Yeah. yeah, it's really painful. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Petersburg's team has only existed for four years, but this year, they came in first. In May, reporter Shelby Herbert experienced her first Little Norway Festival. Festival goers line up on Main Street to compete in the annual herring toss. It's like an egg toss, only participants are throwing dead fish at each other. Make sure you give the herring a little kiss, just good luck. And KFSK's general manager, Tom Abbott, was named the festival's Norwegian of the Year. In June, Hannah Floor joined KFSK's news team after working as the station's development director since 2021, and a federal appeals court reversed a lower court order that would have kept Southeast Alaska trollers off the water for the season. Trollers started fishing on the first of the month. The initial pause was kicked off by the Wild Fish Conservancy lawsuit to shut down Southeast's king troll fishery. And that was on the basis that the harvest is harming a declining population of orca whales in Washington's Puget Sound. Governor Mike Dunleavy cut one-time funding for Alaska schools in half. But Petersburg wasn't left scrambling like many other districts in Alaska. And that was because the district didn't bet on having state funding when creating its budget for the next school year. And the Petersburg Borough increased its funding to the school district for the first time in 20 years. The Polynesian voyaging canoe Hokulea started its four-year journey in southeast Alaska and passed through Petersburg in late June. Tribal members and community leaders greeted the vessel with singing, dancing, bonfires, and traditional foods. News intern Thomas Copeland joined the team in June. Copeland is from Northern Ireland and got to experience his first American Independence Day in Petersburg. Right, so it's just around lunchtime now. That means I need some food. 
but not just any food. I need to find the most American food. If I want to eat the most American food, what should I eat? First thing we're going to do is get you a dog and a bun. All American hot dog. Look at that. I'm going to take a bite. Oh, oh, wow. Do you like it? I love it. All right. That's why we're up to cooking 200 of these so far today. <laughs> Petersburg lost its Catholic church in June when routine maintenance work sparked a blaze that melted the church's spire and blanketed downtown and the harbors in smoke. Don Koenigs has attended St. Catharines of Siena Catholic Church for over 40 years. He was one of just two parishioners at midday mass on Thursday. I saw smoke while I was inside from the skylight in the church. We were just ready to receive Holy Communion. I looked up and I saw smoke billowing up above. So I ran out of the church immediately and could see that gee, the church was on fire. I ran in and told Father, we were called 911, and I said, you have to take Jesus out of the tabernacle. And in July, Scott May swam across Frederick Sound. It, I was getting discouraged because it was getting colder, and Frederick Point wasn't getting any closer. It didn't seem to be getting any closer. But... I really didn't want to stop. I'd come that far, and I didn't want to quit. I'm not a, somebody who gives up easily or, or, or quits. A week later, Andrew Simmons did the same. Seven hours after he left the shore of Sandy Beach, Andrew Simmons touches the face of the cliff on the other side. He lands just a few yards away from a waterfall, tumbling into the ocean. Don't stop! Save for the moment. <laughs> I know it. I've worked hard, and I don't know if you noticed. It was the first time in living memory that anyone ever made that swim. Trident Seafoods lowered their price for chum salmon in August, saying that chum salmon markets have collapsed. And that came shortly after Trident and other processors dropped the price of sockeye salmon in Bristol Bay earlier in the summer, causing fishermen to protest. Then, the Petersburg Housing Task Force shared the results of a community survey, which showed that the town needs more than 300 houses to be built or renovated in the next decade. The deadline for Petersburg residents to file for candidacy for the municipal election was in late August, and participation was way up from previous years. Every open position had at least one candidate running, and many seats were contested. And August saw two separate ascents of Devil's Thumb. Kyle Knight became the first person born and raised in Petersburg to climb the mountain. The actual top of it is just big enough for one person to sit astride with 6,000 feet of exposure down on either side below your feet. Weeks later, internationally renowned climbers Tommy Caldwell and Alex Honnold made the ascent as part of a documentary they filmed for National Geographic. Yeah, you climb up it and you're sitting on the summit and there's like, you know, thousands and thousands of feet drop on either side of you. It's one of the more like exposed feeling summits I've ever seen in my life. Did you both fit on it? Sort of. Carefully. Yeah, you have to straddle it like a horse, you know. And Alex managed to get up there and stand on stand on his feet on the on top of the summit. I wasn't brave enough to do that. That's because it's important to get to the real summits, you know, <laughs> not to sit below the summit. In September, Petersburg's borough assembly rejected a proposed design for a subdivision between Papke's Landing and Blind River Rapids on South Mitkoff Island. The land is owned by the Mental Health Trust Land Authority, and the borough is currently in talks with the trust land office. Later in September, two students made threats against the Petersburg School District in two unrelated incidents. 
Mikoff Middle School and Petersburg High School eventually changed their policy and began locking entry doors after classes started in the morning. Racy Stedman Elementary School made the same change weeks later. In October, Alaska Seaplanes announced that it would close its Petersburg and Wrangell locations for financial reasons. When the polls closed for Petersburg's municipal election, Assembly candidate Rick Perkins had a five-point lead over his opponent, Jay Stanton Greger. At the final count, Stanton Greger overtook him by just one vote. And then local subsistence hunters were frustrated when... 16 players are about to compete in a game of survival for a potential million-dollar prize. What I imagine is like an adult Hunger Games. Petersburg hosted the cast and crew of Outlast, a survival show where contestants are dropped into the Alaska wilderness to compete for a $1 million cash prize. They took over a popular hunting spot in the middle of moose season. Uh, Seems misguided. There's going to be some grumpy people over this. You know, a quarter of the time you can hunt there has been put away so somebody could make a few dollars. In November, six people were arrested for trafficking cocaine, methamphetamine, fentanyl, and heroin in Petersburg. There are still outstanding warrants for two others. The Petersburg Police Department also investigated a string of burglaries that targeted local businesses and the post office. After more than a month, they arrested a suspect on both burglary and drug-related charges. And a U.S. Coast Guard helicopter crashed in Fair at bay. All four crew members aboard survived, albeit two with serious injuries. Several agencies, including Petersburg Search and Rescue and EMS, came to assist the crew of the downed helicopter. Also in November, a massive landslide in Wrangell killed five people. One person is still missing and one person survived. Volunteers in Petersburg organized and delivered donations to the community. In December, Trident Seafoods, one of the biggest seafood processors in the country, announced plans to sell one-third of its Alaska plants, including those in Petersburg and Ketchikan. Petersburg School District Superintendent Erica Klutpainer announced her retirement after 23 years with the district. Dino Brock, who coached the Lady Vikings basketball team for almost 30 years, stepped back from the role, handing the reins over to his assistant coach, Matt Powick. And the year ended not with a bang, but with the rumbling of bulldozers as Petersburg Medical Center broke ground at the construction site of its new hospital facility, which is what assembly members have called the biggest project in the history of Petersburg. Each hospital board member grabbed a clean shovel to dig in. In Petersburg, I'm Shelby Herbert. And I'm Hannah Floor. And just as a note of correction, the Catholic Church fire was in July. For KFSK, I'm Shelby Herbert.